rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul. from Noise Pop, Ms. Kellyanne Shilk, I think that's how you pronounce it, 20th Street Block Party coming here to this neighborhood, August 20th, very excited about that, here at Mutiny Radio, we're going to be involved, we're going to be very involved all day at the Noise Pop Block Party, an integral part of the festivities of the day, excited about it here at Mutiny Radio. All right, this is the AltaCast. If you have anything to say, give me a call at 415-550-0511. If you're listening on iTunes and you've downloaded the podcast, don't call. Or do call. Someone might be here at 415-550-0511. MutinyRadio.fm on the corner of 21st and Florida in the deep, deep mission across the street from Dona Terrace. Amazing, amazing food. All right. So, uh... Crazy stuff happening right now in the world. Uh, sit-ins about guns. The world is worried. What possibly is happening? We're going to start with some of the scary news today. Absolutely frightening. Not as scary as last week. Uh, starting with... House Democrats stage shit sit-in, <laughs> shut down chamber over gun legislation. All right. Washington Democratic lawmakers shut down the U.S. House Wednesday by staging a sit-in on the House floor to demand a Democratic uh, to demand a vote on gun legislation, gun control legislation. Ah, uh, awesome. Roughly 40 House lawmakers sat on the floor and refused to allow Republicans to take back control. They took turns talking about gun violence, and they said they wouldn't leave until House Speaker Paul Ryan, Republican Wisconsin, allowed a vote on measures to curb it and chanted over and over, no bill, no break. The House is scheduled to adjourn on Friday and be out of session until July 5th. Where is our courage, said Democratic Representative John Lewis of Georgia, who organized the impromptu sit-in. Those who pursue common sense improvement are beaten down. Reason is put aside. What's the tipping point? Are we blind? Can we see? Give us a vote. We came here to do our job. Sitting on the floor. 
Hey, I mean, our people deserve to know where their representatives stand on this issue, so they decided to sit on it, just as they do now with their senators, he said. Led by civil rights hero Representative John Lewis, we will be sitting in until the House is allowed an opportunity to vote. This is an issue that ought to transcend party. It's about saving lives and keeping our communities safe. Wow, I mean, sitting down, staging a sit-in, old school. That's some, that's some 70s stuff there, right? Some 60s, some, some peaceful, although, if they're sitting in, they're not getting anything done. Nothing's getting passed. Everything's a standstill. Guns. Ugh, should we have them? I, well, and we talked about this on a different podcast with uh, Trina Roderick. I actually have a... Which I think is a pretty good point about the Second Amendment. Uh, the Second Amendment was put into uh, practice back in maybe 1776 or, you know, back in those times because we were, it was to fight, to have the people have the opportunity to fight against the government so they couldn't do again what they'd done to us uh, when England, when they came in and they, their soldiers just could do whatever and take over a house and they said, no, we get to protect our prop, we get to, it's from the government, but we're so stupid now because our little handgun is going to do nothing against the drone that's coming. Knock, knock. Who's there? Predator drone. Predator drone. Never answer the door to a predator drone. You're dead now. Uh, we can't... The Second Amendment is pointless now because it's not to fight the government. It's somehow to fight each other or be safe. Or I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Um, I don't... I'm such a pacifist. I don't understand the, the point of guns. Hey, and if you want to shoot a deer, do it the old-fashioned way. Get a bow and arrow, right? Like a cool crossbow. Although, you know, that's super... Can you imagine some kid taking a crossbow to, to school to shoot up his school? I guess it's just about aim as opposed to... Ugh. I definitely... I can't imagine. And I think about it sometimes. Like, what would happen if I just randomly got shot on the street? Like a bullet, stray bullet, just... Coming into the studio right now like a stray bullet... Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, win. Uh, just talking about the sit-in that just is happening right now in uh, Congress for gun control. That's pretty awesome. I, you know, well, they're not getting anything done, but these old hippies, great. I, they might, it might help. But also, if if they're shutting down, they're taking their, it's time for their, their break. So if they, like, sit in, filibuster, what have you, until Friday... They're not returning until after Jul- July 5th. After the holiday. After the holiday. Bruh. You look amazing today. That's really cute dress. Oh, thanks, yeah. dude. I'm feeling 1950s. I yeah. don't know why. So um, it's a, that's crazy because that just shuts down. Not only is the government going to be shut down for two weeks, it's saying, eh, we're going to shut it down for two and a half we're not, weeks. We're not going to get anything done. I kind of had this feeling, you know, that nothing was going to happen. Nothing's going to get I mean, done anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I said last week, after, like, you know, ch- little school children die, you would think something would be done. Sure. But these are, you know, it, it's it's just too much money in politics. That's what it boils down to. It's it's just so dumb because and, and they say, oh, Second Amendment rights. Hey, if you're going to sh- if you're going to shoot a deer, 
with a gun. And, and the Second Amendment rights really doesn't have anything, anything to do about shooting deer. It has to do with shooting, you know, government. When the government goes rogue, we need to have our own weaponry to, to fight against them. But it's pointless now because their, their weaponry is so advanced. It's just not even, it, it, it'd be, I mean, it'd be, it'd be apples and grenades. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, we, so the Second Amendment's already sort of blown to bits anyways. But when they say, oh, well, I'm a hunter now, you know, why can't we hunt with crossbows? I mean, I think it's a, it's a little more sporting, don't you think? Like the old school bow yeah, and arrow way. Yeah, exactly. Just like you know, sword fights. You know, right. why do we? Sword I mean, fights. but the thing is, like, I you know, I I don't think the government the government's not going to take your guns. It's just this rhetoric that's been going around for so long, and it's just like it's so obvious what the problem is. Like, how can you not? And this is for both parties. How can you both not vote on the fact of stricter background checks on people on the no-fly list yeah i mean it's it's just like right plain and simple it's i don't i mean so many of our civil liberties have already been revoked with the uh with the uh the anti-terrorist what is the homeland security act so many of our civil liberties and rights have already been revoked and and we're up in arms about this one about more background checks we're already i mean (laughs) this is insane we're like a joke to the rest of the world that are like you know to the modern western world they're looking at us like really it's just like you would that's just one of the obvious things that you should vote on right no matter what kind of party lines because it affects everybody yeah it affects everybody it's just it well the the, i mean (laughs) it's all about money and and this is the thing that makes me nervous about the hillary situation is is that it doesn't matter a or b they're both bad right you got Trump's an idiot. Has no idea how to do any governmental anything. Has no idea what's happening. No. A businessman. We can't have a business. A businessman can't run the country. Egomaniac. Well, there's all kinds of issues, right? But then on this other hand, you've got Hillary, who she knows she's being indicted here or whatever. There's the FBI looking into her stuff and, and and everything that all the arms deals that have gone through under her watch. I mean, she was the Secretary of State. And there's so much corruption there and corporate ties. And she's been in the government for so long, since the 70s. I mean, in corporate and the corporate ties and corporate entities. And what's the difference? If the thing is, I think both candidates should play this game. They both should be investigated. I mean, Trump is for the Trump University. And then also University. I haven't heard about this. Yeah. Those poor suckers. Yeah. Back in the mid 2000s, he had Trump University online. And these poor. Yeah. Did he get accredited? No. No. People bought for, you know, that's the thing. They bought into this because the name, the branding. Um, he, um, was this basically, like tapes that you could buy, like an infomercial? Um, it is an like online Anthony course. Robin. Which, you know, the thing is, he was targeting mostly, you know, uneducated, uh, lower economic people. Oh my God. You know? So it's like late night infomercial time with. Trumpy yeah, selling so you the he's oh, being investigated man. and you know about you know the judge in this um, investigation he uh, you know since he doesn't like Hispanics that much um, Trump used his Mexican heritage against him saying that it's not fair that the, for the judge you know he's Mexican Whoa. girl you don't know about this where you been I've it's been all over the news wow um, yeah. Don't assume Trump supporters believe his promises. Uh, 
uh, Donald Trump keeps making promises that experts don't think he can possibly fulfill. It might seem that he has people fooled by his implausible claims, which include pledges to make Mexico pay for a border wall. I know that one's insane. Yeah. And bring manufacturing jobs back to the United States. The psychologist David Dunning, for instance, has suggested that many voters are backing Mr. Trump because they lack the expertise to recognize his mistakes. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. If people believe everything they see on TV, and they believe it even more if they read it, even though people don't know how to read anymore. It's a branding thing. It's and a branding yeah, thing. Yeah, and the thing is, this is what people get caught up in rather than, you know... It's but not fi- finding out that if this is an accredited course, like people put in thousands of dollars that they couldn't afford thinking that they're going to get the certain kind of status of Donald Trump. And people believe that that's the thing. And it's sad to see that people actually think taking a course or having something to do with Donald Trump's brand is going to make you, you know, well, but people did the same thing with Anthony Robbins. I mean, I remember even, even my, um, my ex-husband in our in the early years of our being together i remember he was having some insomnia and he was up late night and he was watching infomercials and he actually purchased one of those things about like become a real estate in you know mogul and and, uh i was like are you kidding send it back (laughs) send it back now 30 days they're like 30 days money back guarantee it's a total scam um trump university seized upon foreclosure crisis Trump University, yes, it was a massive scam. Wow. It was a for-profit education company that ran a real estate training program from 2005 to 2009. (gasps) I just can't believe this. For many people uh, believe that higher education is a de facto scam, Trump University, Donald Trump's real estate uh, institution, was de jour one. The first thing, Trump University was never a university. When the school was established in 2005, the New York State Education Department warned that it was in violation of state laws for operating without an NYSED license, and Trump ignored the warnings. The institution is called now ahem, Trump Entrepreneur Initiative. Q lawsuits. Trump University is currently the defendant in three lawsuits, two class action lawsuits filed in California and one in New York. Uh, we started looking at Trump University and discovered that it was a classic bait and switch scheme. It was a scam, starting with the fact that it was not a university. Mm-hmm. Trump, you students say the same. His at, in his affidavit, Richard Hewson reported that he and his wife concluded that we had paid over $20,000 for nothing based on our belief in Donald Trump and the promises he made <laughs> at the organization's free seminar and three-day workshop. But the whole thing was a scam. In fact, $20,000 only a mid-range loss. The lead plaintiff in one of the California suits, yoga instructor Tyler Markev, says she was scammed out of 60 grand over the course of her time in Trump U. How could this have happened? The New York suit offers a suggestion. The free seminars were the first step in a bait and switch to induce prospective students to enroll in an increasingly expensive seminar, starting with a three-day $1,495 seminar, and ultimately in one of the respondents' advanced seminars, such as the Gold Elite program, costing $35,000. 
at the free 90-minute introductory seminar to which Trump University advertisements and solicitors invited prospective students. Trump University instructors were engaged in a methodical, systematic series of misrepresentations designed to convince students to sign up for the Trump University three-day seminar at a cost of $1,495. $500 a day. For what? for some packets. The Atlantic, which got a hold of a 41-page private and confidential playbook from Trump U, has attested to the same. The playbook says almost nothing about the guest speaker presentations, the the ostensible reason why people showed up to the seminar in the first place. Instead, the playbook focuses on the seminar's real purpose to browbeat attendees into purchasing the expensive Trump University course packages. To do that, instructors touted Trump's own promises that students would be mentored by hand-picked real estate experts who would use Trump's own real estate strategies. Here's Trump making the pitch himself. Oh boy, this is cool. I mean, we've. I, but they're so. The horse's mouth. They, they have so. The horse's mouth. Here we go. Trump University intro. All right. Intense music. From there you should know. At Trump University, we teach success. That's what it's all about, success. It's going to happen to you. Donald Trump is without question the world's most famous businessman. As a real estate developer, he has reshaped the New York skyline with some of that great city's most prestigious and elegant buildings. Now, Donald Trump brings his years of experience to the world of business education with the launch of Trump University. Trump University. If you're going to achieve anything, you have to take action. And action is what Trump University is all about. But action is just a small part of Trump University. Trump University is about knowledge, about a lot of different things. Above all, it's about how to become successful. We're going to have professors and adjunct professors that are absolutely terrific, terrific people, terrific brains, successful. We are going to have the best of the best. And honestly, if you don't learn from them, if you don't learn from me, if you don't learn from the people that we're going to be putting forward, and these are all people that are hand-picked Hand-picked. By me, then uh, you're just not going to make it in terms of the world of success. I think the biggest step towards success is going to be sign up at Trump University. We're going to teach you about business. We're going to teach you better than the business schools are going to teach you. And I went to the best business school. We're going to teach you better. It's going to be a shorter process. It's not going to involve years and years of your life. It's going to be less expensive. And I think it's going to be a better education. And it's going to be what you need to know. So we're going to teach you business. We're going to teach you life. We're going to teach you salesmanship. We're going to teach you what you need to know. And we're going to also make sure that no matter what you do, as I said before, you're going to love it. Because if you don't love it, it's never, ever going to work. You didn't love it enough. That's why you <laughs> failed. You didn't love it enough. First of all, you didn't love it I, enough. You know, this is why there are a lot of, and I hate to say this, but folks that probably signed up for this bullshit, just looking at that is, I would know better. It's just like, there's no professors. What business school did you go to? Let me, I know he went to business school, but 
having him having talk bullshit in a chair. I just can't believe people. Purple tie. Yeah, power pur- purple tie. Purple right? power tie. Like it's another episode of The Apprentice. Right. I can't believe people actually fell for this. And mm-hmm. it's so sad that people are just so aloof to the fact of trying to be this brand of something that they're never going to be. It is so sad that people not only believe the Trump University that they spent and gave him all that money, but they believe that he could be the president. And they believe that's (laughs) what, that's what that other, that's what the other thing was saying is that we're too dumb to understand that he's snowing us. Yeah, he's a con we're, man. He's conning the we're country. Too, we're too dumb to see his ruse. We're too dumb to see the scam. That's what that article was just saying. Not this one, but the one before that where they're saying Trump makes all these wild claims. Why do people believe it? Because they're too stupid not to. Yeah, it, it's just like you know, it, you, there once was a time when people would listen to policy or get someone's second opinion if this person is supposedly, uh, you know, knows about what they're doing. I, I don't know. I, yeah. It's just like, you know, because this man has is rich, people think, okay, this is what I can be. I can have my private jet. Like, these people actually believe the fact that he's going to turn things around. I'm like, you're fucking poor. You're fucking poor. You're not... You're not gonna. You're not gonna achieve that. It's well. It's not. It's just not. It wasn't real education. He was lying. He was lying. But and you're not thing, gonna own a skyscraper. If he <laughs> lied and all, and this is happening, how are we still thinking he's not gonna lie to us as the American people? How can we possibly make him? We, right here, it says he lied to everybody. It is a ruse, a scam, and yet we're like. It was a million. He speaks his words. He's, he speaks his words. He doesn't even know wow. how to use words. And notice his vocabulary all the time as yeah. you're going to love it. You're I'm like, it's, it's it. just like a sleazy car and salesman. If you don't love it, you didn't love it enough. Exactly. But according <laughs> to the New York complaint, none of the instructors were handpicked by Trump. Many of them came from fields having nothing to, to do with, with real it. estate. And Trump never reviewed any of Trump University's curricula or programming materials. The materials were in a large part developed by a third-party company that creates and develops materials for an array of motivational speakers and seminars and timeshare rental... <laughs> companies timeshare rental company people these they're trying to sell you a house con men yes this was these were not these were not teachers these were not accredited people in the field i'm sorry would you trust a uni- a place i call university as accredited like it just came out in 2005 so this is it's accredited school well they, i don't think people knew what accredited so i guess that's probably what it is they they it has it has no accreditation it is not a university they should not call it as such uh it was a scam it this was is crazy a scam and then you should go on to read you know what's going on now with the judge uh in charge of this case cuz he's a Mexican he's yep uh, furthermore, Trump's promises that the three-day seminar, 1495 would include access to private or hard money lenders and financing, that it would include a year-long apprenticeship support program, and that it would improve the credit stores, scores of students. It was, those were all empty promises. Uh, those empty promises are the subject of a new series of anti-Trump ads by Super PAC American Future Fund. According to Bob, I never heard from anybody about giving me a list of hard money lenders. Let's see what this guy Bob says. What does Bob say? Hey, Bob, what are you saying? 
oh, it makes it wants us to sign into this video. And that Kevin, another Trump student, oh, those jerks. They're not going to let me. I, I'd have to sign in. Yeah, oh. they want us to. I, I, they want me to sign in. Because they want to get into your email. Dang it. Uh, well, it was all it was all just fake. I wish we could I wish we could see those, but we're not going to because I'm not going to sign in. I don't have time. I don't want to take the effort. I'm sorry, National Review. But I love I love that uh, that this is happening. In fact, Sherry isn't alone. No student ever met Donald, despite his own despite hints from Trump University instructors that Trump was going to be in town. Often drops by or might show up. He never did. As hey, Adriana, as Matt Labosh recounted in the Weekly Standard at one seminar, attendees were told they'd get to have their picture taken with Trump. Instead, they got a cardboard 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 cutout. Here is Bob above it. Such an opportunity. Gets to see. This is so sad. We're joined by Trina Roderick. Um, Yay, Trina. So it's a moneymaker. Let's do it. Well, it's a cutout of Trump, and we can charge. Well, so the the whole this whole article. This is I I had no idea, and um, Latoya opened my eyes. Trump had a university from 2005 to 2009 that was a complete scam where people were paying $1,495 for a three-day seminar where all the things they were promised, they never got any of them. And the only purpose of these was to try to get them to spend for the more intensive $35,000 Trump. There was no accreditation. There were no real teachers. They weren't even in the real estate industry and they were teaching real estate. They were like people who were selling timeshares. May, honestly, may, I want to cry every day that he is so doing so well and whenever I see. Honestly, as a, as a white person, when I see white people on television supporting him and being so racist, I just, I, it breaks my heart. Well, I'm just glad they're out and about, you know, guess, showing themselves, it's, embarrassing it's themselves. I, I, but I, at the same time, I, I feel like there's this new animosity toward white people that I totally get, quite frankly. On the one hand, yet on the other hand, I feel like I'm, I get sort of the, <laughs> you know, aftershocks of it. Right, yeah. And I don't know what to do with that. Does that make any sense? It's, well, it does, yeah. The, the problem, we, the first article we looked at, um, it says, you know, Trump's making all, the, all of these outrageous claims. Why does nobody say anything about it? And, and then it follows up an article that we're just too dumb. That we as Americans, we don't, we don't care. We're too dumb. Oh, that Trump, he's gonna build a wall, keep them Mexicans out. We're yeah. gonna make them pay for it. It's all the branding of his name it's and gold branding. and everything. This like whole kind of like, it's almost like. Why isn't this a bigger story about the Trump University? Oh, they've been talking about it. Because there's so many. It's just a drop in the bucket of how ridiculous it is that he's getting so much. And then you know about. Support. You should bring up the article about the. The judge in oh, right, charge right, right, of right, right. Uh, this case, you know, because he wouldn't get a fair trial because the judge is Mexican. Which is, <laughs> but that, but that, that we, he, he could say that, and he can say that in public. Yeah. It and somehow, I mean, <laughs> this seems like an episode of um, yeah. Orange really Is the New scary. Black or something. This this honestly feels like someone's writing. Writing this dialogue. Writing the script, and we're watching it going like, how is this happening? <laughs> yeah. So it's either we have Trump, who's a criminal and a liar, mm-hmm. or we have Hillary, who's a criminal and a liar. Now, we don't want to think of her that way, 
but she's a politician. She's, but she's being <laughs> the FBI is looking into all of that stuff. Yeah. And they're I mean the Benghazi stuff. It's they're saying she she destroyed. She tried to. She I didn't think destroy. I think there are worse things than Benghazi though. Like I mean if that if they're gonna if the M- FBI is gonna investigate something like that, then the FBI needs to investigate the whole. Bush administration well, as well, but mm-hmm. you know they're just that only proving t- her being a liar. That's right. all. Is that she lied? Yeah. Yeah, and so did George Bush, and, and so did Bill Clinton, and so did Martha so did Stewart. Bush, she had to go to and jail then so for did it. Reagan, <laughs> and so did yeah. Nixon, and so did Jimmy Carter, and so I'm like, so who, do, I can who go goes on. to jail for it? Like, Lyndon B. Johnson, JFK, mm-hmm. all of them lied. All yeah. of them lied. All of them have lied to the American people. Yes, yep. your favorite presidents. Right. Yeah, I said it. And Barack Obama, too. Yeah, everyone has lied. Everybody. And people have done worse shit. Bush administration, Reagan administration, Nixon administration. I can keep going on that one. Mm-hmm. I, Eisenhower. JFK. I can't believe it. Uh, I mean. But we're taught never right. tell a lie. Right. They're politicians. Well, and honestly, I, I was watching a documentary about Howard Zinn and one of the comments that he made was that well we've got the wrong people in these positions and it's like ah i don't think so because if every single one of them does it maybe it's not the people maybe it's the position maybe it's the position we as their constituency are putting them in forcing them to raise these can these high high dollars and then what else are they going to do? They're, we're forcing them to compromise themselves. And it's just, it's just gotten so, I mean, it's gotten worse, man. It's gotten so it worse. Has, I mean, it's not the people. It's the position. It's, it's the position. It's, the, it's these super PACs. Or lack thereof on the, on the position. Lobbyists. It's the fact that we, 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 like, I don't know what else they're going to do. They have to raise these, this, these, this money. And the only way to, the, the people that have that money are only going to give it to them in exchange for something. Yeah, this is why this is why you have a lot of people who are in denial about climate change because people from Exxon give right. money to politicians. Right. That's exactly I right. mean, that's another right. issue. I mean, we could talk about the NRA, motherfuckers. Right. I mean, that's what, I mean, we, the NRA is like the biggest gangster. Seriously. <laughs> they are like the mob and they get away with it. And there's nothing that the U.S. government really honestly can do. There is something, but I don't know what that is, and obviously they don't know because there's so much money in the NRA. It's such a powerful mob. Because guns are so expensive and people always want to buy guns? It's, it's a hot ticket, literally. It's just... No, I, I, I think it's because there is a, you know, we have to deal with the fact that there is a real concern that, you know, what 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 you're doing when you legislate gun control is you're putting guns in the hands of a very few peop- number of people. And you're taking them away from an, a vast number of people. And so if we think of this as something other than that, I mean, we're not going to really address their concerns. It's because the media, as well as mostly the politicians and the media, have stirred up this fear that your Second Amendment rights are going to be taken away, which is so not true. Uh, no one's going to go into your house and take your rifles, man. Well, that's not. But that's, the, that's easy to say right now because that's not an actual threat. But it's who not. knows? Ten years, hundred years down the line, well, they'll that do might whatever be they want to do, anyways. I don't. It, it doesn't matter. Right. The government, if if they wanted to come swoop down with their with their uh, helicopters Drones. and take us all out they could right and then they'd lie about it and say that we were 
terrorists. I mean, they right. they could do whatever they want. We've already given away all our rights with the Homeland Security Act. We're just signing, right. signing ridiculous things into law because we're like, we're so scared of terrorism. And so there's well, just I'm not more. Saying it's reasonable. I just think that if, it, we really would be putting like guns in the hands of a few numbers of Americans, namely the government, right? right. Like, that's not what we're thinking about when we think about gun control. We're thinking about, okay, let's take them away from the dangerous people, but then the people who want to protect that rights think of the government as the dangerous people. Right, I think of the government as the dangerous Right, and so they're saying, well, gun control means putting all the weapons into the hands of a very few dangerous people, and that's not going to work See, I just think we need to do a little bit more research on who gets to have guns. I just just yeah. a little bit right. more some common sense. Some common sense. And, and, and I don't think we need AK-47s out in the street. That's yeah, no, but but no, it's no, not no, the no. AK-47s that are that are being used to right it's like what kind semi-automatic of weapons? It's not. They're not. I mean, I I am for guns to an extent, like your rifles and your pistols, whatever. That's it. I don't think we need you know semi-automatic guns there's no point i mean civilians i'm sorry there's too many gun accidents too yeah people. there's a lot of guns. i mean seriously so but i'm not so like think about how much of the conversation around this is around gun control as opposed to the fact that what's creating these high pressure situations is the fact that we're putting we're giving the one percent we as the people are giving one percent of our population all of the money and that's putting us into these high stress high pressure oh, yeah. situations that are causing people to lose their shit uh, that mental illness that's, right thank so you that i want to know what it would be like if we were all living large and one percent of the population didn't have all the money maybe we wouldn't have any of these fucking problems well, we don't really know so that. and this goes back to the trump university because when right. he brought out trump university it was at the height of the foreclosure Ugh. market. So he's basically like right. trying to help people. Hey, sell real estate in and a time where are, you're not, no one was bankrupt. These people, people were probably bankrupt. went bankrupt. Right. You know, yeah. it's t- crazy. times two because of losing their house along with their job and then losing yeah. their money to this asshole. Oh my God. So okay. here's, here's his racist stuff. I just want to get to that racial stuff. Under fire for suggesting that a federal judge, Gonzalo P. Curiel, was biased because he's Mexican American. Donald Trump said on Tuesday that the the judge's heritage does not make him incapable of being impartial. Here's a statement his campaign released. And so I don't believe it's him. It's just a written statement. But it is unfortunate that my comments have been misconstrued as a categorical attack against people of Mexican heritage. I am friends with and employ thousands of people of Mexican and Hispanic descent. The American justice system relies on fair and impartial judges. All judges should be held to that standard. I do not feel that one's heritage makes them incapable of being impartial. But based on the rulings I have received in the Trump University civil case, I feel justified in questioning whether I am receiving a fair trial. Over the past weeks, I have watched as the media has reported one inaccuracy after another concerning the ongoing litigation involving Trump University. There are several important facts that the public should know and the media has failed to report. So this is from Trump, what he says. This is... Throughout the litigation, my attorneys have continually demonstrated that students who participated in Trump University were provided substantive, valuable education, 
Based upon a curriculum developed by professors from Northwestern University, Columbia Business School, Stanford University, and other respected institutions. When it was saying that, no, it actually was constructed by a group that does timeshares. That's <laughs> right. it, really not at all. That He's right. absolutely lying here. Right. Uh, and the response from students was overwhelming. But why not lie? What's the harm? I mean, nobody's really getting punished. I mean, it's... What does it hurt for him to lie? Why? What's the incentive for him not to lie? Absolutely. Uh, over a five-year period, more than 10,000 paying students filled out surveys giving the courses high marks and expressing their overwhelming satisfaction with Trump University's programs. For example, former student Tarla Makeff, the original plaintiff in the litigation, not only completed multiple surveys rating Trump University's three-day seminar excellent in every category, but also praised Trump University's mentorship program in a glowing five minute plus video testimonial when asked how could trump university help to meet her goals she simply stated continue to offer great classes one of the platon's lawyers realized how disastrous a witness she was and they asked to have her removed from the case over my lawyer's objections the judge granted the plaintiff's motion but allowed the case to continue blah 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 so he's saying no no, no. it really is good yeah. But what's happening, though? So I, I think partly what's happening is people want a certain result, and so then they just turn a blind eye to all the information that goes contrary to that, right? Like, what's going on with people? People are just... I don't... People are so lost. They just... They see... Yeah. I was saying this earlier. They They're see this lost. brand rather than... They're seeing his name in gold, a brand... And mentally, they think if he takes over the country, they too will get a private jet. I'm serious. That's what I think people are thinking. Just like these, you know, poor fools that signed up for a university thinking you're going to own a skyscraper one right. day. I'm just delusional. Right, delusional. delusional well, that's, that's it. And it's because the fact that so many of us are, well, I ain't that dumb. Uh, no, no, I know I what mean, you're saying. We're so delusional. So many people yeah. have you know we, they've lost their jobs you know they haven't recovered you know or the jobs that they are working are lower paid but I don't and it's i think it's the fact of the matter and also you know a lot of these people who are voting for them are in areas where there once were factories and there was something you know there's some kind of business now that business is gone so they they're looking for this great white hope and Donald Trump comes with all his gold and everything else, and people see this and they want this. Well, it's the baby. I think it has to do with the baby boomers and it's the, the baby expectations boomers. that, I mean. It's not just the baby boomers, but it's also people our age that see this. But because and they it's want because it. of the baby boomers that. So the baby boomers were the first group after their parents. They had it better than their parents. They had bigger houses. That's there true. were more yeah. Americans. They had entitlement. And they taught my generation and the f subsequent generations that we're worth it and it's great. And we taught this whole group of middle-class people that everything you did you are a special bunny mm -hmm. look at you special little kid you are so every American child is so special and then all of a sudden there was a little bit of failure there and that's why there's so many people still living at their parents house is that they're so special that they never really had to excel or exceed succeed see I think a lot of these exceed expectations and are scared white poor uneducated voters who 
are I afraid of the, the brown people dream. because they, they they're taking our jobs they're still that's going in their mind like there's a black guy in the office and the and the latinos are coming and asians right. are coming and women are coming they're taking our jobs they're right. that fear that that the whole wholesome whiteness is gone because all the darkies and the women are coming. Well, I mean, but there's and a the fags. And you know. Fags. Well, there's a. I mean, there's a certain truth to it. It's just that they've they've got the wrong culprit. The culprit right, is the one exactly. percent, and they can't see the one percent. The one percent are nowhere to be found. Exactly, and, and it's so the way they, they vote too. See. Right. It's the way they vote too. It's just like you keep voting these people in office. You're not going to get anything done. They're mm. not in your best interest. They haven't been since the part. I mean, right. It, it just blows my mind you know these poor white people why would you vote for bush he ain't gonna do nothing for you why would you vote for trump he's not gonna do it why would you vote for mitt romney well, because and number one isn't... because your pastor says so <laughs> <laughs> amen Six hundred thirty-two thousand five hundred and seventy-three foreclosures in california in 2009 <laughs> Over half a million foreclosures, half over half a million in 2010, and over half a million in 2009. Uh, look at those three years: yeah. 523,624 in 2008, 632,573 in 2009, and 546,669 in 2010. And the Democrats seized upon Trump University's focus on foreclosures as an example of Trump's willingness to profit on American suffering. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. This is the... We found this is like the key. He profits on America's suffering. That's what and he's he doing wants right to now. be And he wants to be the president. And we're saying, okay, <laughs> it sounds like a good idea. Put the Trump in there. And you would. Screw Mexicans. Is gonna... He already <laughs> pulled the wool over ours. How many times does he have to lie to us where we go, okay, <laughs> this sounds good to me? I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's, I know, it's, it's really pathetic, right? It's but that's really why it's important to understand what they're thinking, that these people that support him. We're being, they're I mean, not those, thinking. They're not, they're not thinking. They're being kind. They're being kind. And it's just well, like, I'm just like, dude, no. it's right in your face. You're being kind. I don't think so. I think it's important to understand why they want to support him. Otherwise, we're never going to But they don't, I said. Okay, so we should put this in the internet. Why support Trump. I still think you should see what, talk let's, to your let's dad see what, about this. I God, I wish. I wish. I mean, I. we had an excellent conversation on the phone last Thursday about Stephen King, which was very nice. Oh, lovely. And I tried to turn it around to the... Um, to the Trump thing, but he just he won't he won't do it, no. and it really Maybe he's ashamed because there are people who are voting no. for well, I'm him. I'm not certain they it's... can tell you. I don't think that they're necessarily the source of the information. I just but I just want to know how he can possibly do it because right. he, he knows about. I well, mean, some, okay, he know about I, mean these I think we can come up with a list. Honestly, I don't think okay. everyone's the same. Some of them are latent racists and don't want to admit it. Quite frankly, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, here we go. So I mean, honestly, yeah. it's been interesting to me I, to to see, and I I. I I won't name names, but I, there are some people in my life who got interested in politics the second Barack Obama was elected president in a way that was highly suspect. Oh, the and I think the that's a very and real uh, thing with absolutely. the baby boomers. Yeah, like, absolutely. Just, we're the land of the racist, of course. Yeah. Why support Trump? 
Uh, are you supporting Trump or do you know someone who is? I've been speaking to a number of Trump backers recently trying to get a sense of what is motivating their support. Yeah. Here are some of the main reasons. Uh, this is from Huffington Post. One, I'm fed up with politicians and I want something totally different. Right. Two, I feel like our nation has become weak and we need to be strong again. Okay. I want someone with a real backbone who's going to stand up to China, right. ISIS, and all of the other threats to our country. But, you know, those are all, see, right. And the Democrats don't do any of that shit. And that's the Democrats' problem. What the fuck? We don't have a backbone. Number three. Right. I like the fact that he can't be bought. Yeah. Uh-huh. He actually can be bought. He has been bought. Well, no, he buys himself. He buys himself but, right. but nobody buys him. Four, I believe he can make this country great again. <laughs> Get the colored people. Yeah, so, I mean, just, exactly. That's what that, that means. That sounds, that, I know yeah. that language. I know that it language. It sounds like but some no, those Nazi are all language, yeah. legitimate reasons to want to vote for somebody. It's just that the, what they don't realize is that he isn't going to do any of those things. No, exactly. But there's no other... What, but what's the alternative? Hillary's not either. Oh, no. Oh, I know. I mean, who, who, so who then? And definitely not if Ted Cruz. We wouldn't be. We, I think we'd be talking a little bit about the same shit if Ted Cruz was probably not. Well, yes. Rubio no. says Rubio's He's thinking creepy. of jumping back in. Oh, thank God. Five. Dude, I'm serious. Ugh, please. Five. I think his business acumen will help stabilize and restart the economy. <laughs> Have his bankruptcy. Okay. Six. I'm tired of all the PCBS. Yeah. There we I go. Mean, Seven. I think these are all legitimate reasons. It's just they're not legitimate reasons to vote for Trump. Right. It's just that the, right. he comes closest as anybody else. Seven. I feel like he's the only one who can beat Hillary. <laughs> Eight. I don't love him, but I feel like he's going to win. So if you can't beat him, join him. Oy. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, but people on both sides of the aisle have been doing that for years. Right. I mean, that's what a lot of the Congress, I mean, they're... They, some of them don't want to vote for him, but they're, right. they're doing it because of their party. I'm just right. like, you know what? There's some certain Republicans that have actually ripped their Republican card parties. Like, they're like, I'm not a Republican anymore. Or they said, you know what? I'm not going to vote. I'm a Republican. I'm not going to do this, which is, I'm just like ironic. I'm like, you kind of started this too. Uh, here, here's the, here's the rebuttal for the need for strength. And I, I like what this, uh, right. What she wrote. Most Americans would wholeheartedly agree that our country has forfeited the position of strength and authority that it once held. The current administration's desire for a more equitable international playing field has left a power vacuum that has been filled by a variety of unsavory forces. But there are other candidates, namely all the other Republican candidates who believe, as Trump does, that we need to refocus on American strength. Wouldn't it be better to have a strong president who also has strong diplomatic skills and a strong understanding of global geopolitics? I'm not bashing Trump by pointing out that he is woefully uneducated on international relations, that it has never been his field. We would be much better served and much more secure if we have a commander-in-chief who knows what the nuclear triad is and one who has been a longtime student of governance, military history, and diplomacy. Like, has, has Donald Trump ever even taken a global politics class in college back in whenever? Yeah, but by, by forcing the politicians to raise so much money to be elected, we're basically all, we're vetting everybody who's not going to be a sellout. Right. Right. Everybody who, who who has to raise that kind of money has to then also be a sellout. 
Absolutely, because you have to take the money from somewhere, right. and then you and then, then they own the you. Problem right. right there again, money. There's too much money. Yeah. And government money is not speech. That's the thing. It's not speech. I can't. I, it just it just baffles me. And thank you, the Republican Party, for that one. Your super PACs. <laughs> but you know, the Democrats have the Democrats have got on the bandwagon as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's really grotesque to see on TV how much money the candidates have you know raised. Like every day in the news, you hear about how much this candidate has raised. I remember a time you didn't hear about stuff like that. It was mostly hearing about how much this candidate's an asshole and this how much this candidate's an asshole and good old fashioned mudslinging. And right. now it's all about ooh. How much uh, how much money did they make or or spend on this campaign and you know well, the luxuries he, of it? I, I put in Trump says terrible things. <laughs> um, Green Party candidate Trump says terrible things. Clinton does them. Uh, I mean, I just thought because he does. He says he says the craziest. Here's Trump says the craziest things. Let's see some of the craziest things that he's that he said that people just are following it. They love it. They love it. The dude doesn't even know how to speak correctly. What, an Afghan? But also, it's how can we an, all be so An Afghan is an Afghani person. Too. He called an Afghani person an, yeah, an Afghan. Rug. like a Yeah, like a, a rug. Right. It's a, yeah, like a rug or a blanket, an Afghan. Usually <laughs> sewn blanket or something like that. Uh, it's, uh, what's it called? Crocheted. Uh, his face. God, I want to kick his face. If it walks, talks, moves, or has any relation to Mexicans, China, or Rosie O'Donnell, Trump has probably said something repugnant about it. One of his most recent transgressions was lobbed against Senator John McCain after he said McCain wasn't a war hero because he was captured in Vietnam and spent five years as a POW. He even doubled down on his criticism, saying McCain wasn't doing enough for fellow veterans. And McCain supporting him. Keep going. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's he just. That's so insulting. He says ridiculous things. You would think we've, would, we've compiled a list of Trump's most controversial sayings over the years on global warming. The concept of global warming was created by and for the Chinese in order to make U.S. manufacturing non-competitive. The concept of global warming was created by and for the Chinese in order to make U.S. manufacturing non-competitive. I mean, I just, I think, you know, to the credit of the people who are supporting him, I don't think they would support him if there was a more viable candidate that met all of their concerns. Their racist needs. Yeah. On well, exporting goods yeah. to China. Yeah, I really do. This is great. Oh, this is a good one. I could have one man say... We're going to tax you 25%. And I could have another, listen, you motherfucker, we're going to tax you 25%. Now, you said the same exact thing, but it's a different messenger. (laughs) On exporting goods to China. He said these things. On American victories, our country is in serious trouble. We don't have victories anymore. We used to have victories, but we don't have them. When was the last time anybody saw us beating, let's say, China in a trade deal? They kill us. I beat China all the time. All the time. Love some China. (laughs) The the problem with China is that we've helped... We've helped them create a middle class. Our middle yeah. class has basically gone to China. Exactly. But That's our fault. It, but it's terrible because now they have so many people and so many cars and they want... it. Once you... 
make a group of people entitled to the things and stuff of Americans. It's insane how fast, fast and how much stuff needs to be created. Everyone but needs an iPhone. Everyone needs one. But it's not Better a democracy over iPhones. there. It's not a democracy. Well, yeah, it, there's still, you know, I mean, it, it, it just. There's billions of people over there. I know there's billions of and people. Now they all have cars. <laughs> I heard that that the the um, the air there is just like weird and smoggy gray all the time, and there's all these. Yeah. It's hard to breathe. And well, that's what it, Southern California was like in the 70s. We would go to the pool, and like it, during the summertime, the mountains were right there, and you couldn't see them all summer. Whoa. We would our lungs would become um, inflamed and be really painful at the end of the day after swimming in the pool all day because wow. we've been outside playing all day. No joggers. Yeah, I mean, wow. imagine if the globe had become westernized, Al, at the same time, we would have absolutely destroyed the planet. It We'd would be, be gone now. Wow. And so yeah. I think now I think it's really sad, the inequity that we're experiencing. But at the same time, I think it's a mistake to presume that having more stuff is better. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Having more stuff isn't better. That's you what I was thinking about this morning. It's like we as Americans just got to have a little bit less. How many... How many rooms do you need for your maid to clean? Do you need you need a right. you need a bigger than a five bedroom right. house? Like seriously? But everybody operates on that presumption, and they have been doing so. I mean, in my book, I talk about how Rousseau, for example, um, he has a whole book on inequity, and he starts with the presumption that well, we Jean know Rousseau. it's unequal because that's the definition of the word, and it's like well, whoa, 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 you're defining unequal as having more stuff is better. That's how you're defining it. You can't then say, oh, well, that's the... De-. No, that's how you're... You can't... That's, that makes it... The I, whole I always say... The entire bar, both argument in the book circular. I say fair is an equal fair is what everybody needs. Because when I used to teach kids, and especially in special ed, and people would be like, it's not fair. You're spending more time with Carlos than you are with, you know, me or Danny or whoever. And I'm like, well, fair is an equal. Fair is what everybody needs. So if someone needs a little more time, that's great. Right. And, but that's the thing. How much do we truly need? And when we're like, I need that. Like, I need this to survive. Like, if we really thought about it, and it's like, what do I really need to survive? Do I need coffee? I do need coffee. No, I could, I could survive without coffee. I need water. I need food coffee's natural though so well <laughs> all the things that i like need i don't yeah. think we need everything we fucking see on television yeah. and everything every advertisement that's in our fucking face that is just one i mean that's why we're so obsessed with stuff and stuff plus and this, things, things and, and, stuff. This, and this well, no, label no, 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 and no, no, status no, no, no. that you get no, let's stuff. let's be clear we have been obsessed with stuff since the beginning like oh, yeah, yeah caveman, there is no caveman yeah. shit have been obsessed stuff. with stuff and will create inequity in which one person has all of the stuff that's just human nature why do we do that just, like what we're if, mammals but if we're like survival our survival so instincts weird. kicked in and forces us to go 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 that's why we have to create this balance between our survival instinct from our limbic system stem kicking in our brain has to temper that right we have to be aware of these the balance of those two parts sorry no no oh, i mean no. i guess it makes sense but I mean, I don't know. I'm getting... The animalistic part of my brain kicks in because I feel like the external fear that they put on us is to somehow activate that so that we become more 
doesn't insular mean and scared they're, they're, they're and fear. Why would they want to activate our works. limbic system? They don't. They do what works. Because fear work, is a good measure of control. No, 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 no. They do what works. They spend millions and billions of dollars figuring out what's going to work. They'll do what works. Oh, I see. And if we don't make it work, it, they won't do it. Right. So it's it's like it's the argument that, you know, People Magazine is terrible and invasive and, and tabloids are evil. But if we just stopped buying them, we wouldn't have paparazzi. We wouldn't have yep. celebrities. It wouldn't matter. Yep. Because we make our celebrities yep. because we care about what Selma right. Hayek's wearing. I just right. pulled a name out. No one gives a shit about Selma Hayek anymore. But right. I just pulled her out of the stars. No, we get it. We're old. We're old. That's, right. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. What Beyonce wore at the Grammys. Yeah, I don't know who the new kids are. Who, I who really don't. Knows. I'm so out of it. You're not going to know who they are in like... At the end of the week. So right. it doesn't exactly. really matter. It doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, they're going to be done anyways. Here we go. On El Chapo's escape, the U.S. will invite El Chapo, the Mexican drug lord who just escaped prison, to become a U.S. citizen because our leaders can't say no. <laughs> On El Chapo's escape. That's hilarious. On his ability to build walls. I would build a great wall, <laughs> and nobody builds walls yeah. better than me. No, again, the, the Chinese me. are going to get the contract for the wall. You know, if, right? if China has a wall made of people that can be seen from space, the guy who built Trump <laughs> Towers is going to stand but, for any less? I don't think so. Oh, my God. This is, this is, this is hilarious. Versus, the, oh this is so funny on his ability to build walls. I wish that, I wish that on um, Saturday Night Live they just do all of these quotes, but I would... I would build a great wall and nobody builds wall. He's bragging about the wall. Nobody builds walls better than me. Believe me. Yeah. And I'll build it very inexpensively. I'll build a great, great wall on our southern border and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Salesman talk. Mark my words. Salesman. Yeah, that's it's what we need is more division. We need more little, more here literal we division. We're going in. Here's, here's all of his racism on Mexican immigrants. Thank you. It's true, and these are the best and the finest. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. That's the that's the official quote yeah, about we're, Mexicans we're being less rapists. We're not an Australian penal colony. Nobody is sending anybody to the U.S. People are coming here so that they can work and support their families in Mexico because they can't do that in Mexico. Right, and they have great skills that we need. Like, um, right, absolutely. If you, I, I've read a bunch of Anthony Bourdain's books, and he says that all the best chefs come from like Mexico, certain areas. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a thing. Uh, yeah, he's like, in all of my kitchens, all my guys are from. Right. They're getting their land back. That's what they're getting. That's why people scared. They're getting. They're gonna get California back. They're gonna get Texas back. Well, and it's. They're gonna get New Mexico. It scares. <laughs> it, it, it and Americans that go down there. It scares them because mm -hmm. Mexico doesn't allow you to buy your land. You get a 99-year yes. lease from the government. Yep. So I think I think that's great because that means that I, yeah. you can have the house, your kids can have the house, and that's it. You better you better renegotiate or figure something out. Yeah. But yeah. I think There's that's no great. passing it down forever. Right. It goes back to I don't think people should I mean I'm yeah. like the American Indian way. I don't think people should own land. Yeah. Uh okay, more more terrible things that's he said. I've been really enjoying this reading terrible things that Trump has said. On the Mexican border, they will pay for the wall and the wall will go up and Mexico will start behaving. Mexico is not our friend. 
That's just ugh. I love just, Mexico. That love is Mexico. just ugly. That is just so it is. ugly. Has he ever been to Mexico? Has he ever? You know he has on a resort. I mean, he's just <laughs> pandering to this. Mm-hmm. They took ignorance. our jobs. This the, it's it's crazy to me. Fear. They're such a generous and hardworking people. I've been to Mexico as a rich person in high school, building houses, and we went down there and we we're building houses and churches and all these things, and they were bringing us every day. They're bringing us sodas and they're making us homemade fresh tortillas and bringing them to us, mm-hmm. and we were like, no, you don't have to spend your money on us. And they were like, you really, you must take you building us a house and we must give you this and you must take it and they're being so gifts. I'm like we're building you a silly garage with tar paper and and they were just like wow afraid of the darkies that's what it and is they were it's so generous and lovely and mm-hmm. and all of these terrible things he says and it's just what are we afraid of poor people yeah we're di- darkies we're, they're coming they're coming all the, all the all the brown people and the black people and the asians they're all gonna get together we're gonna have this big race war oh yeah God. yeah it's fair yeah, i mean okay i'm sorry but i think in my experience the minorities are just as racist as everybody else i don't think it's fair to characterize only white people as racist oh no everybody can be racist everyone be no, no, no. but but i will say is, i i feel is. like how many different minority families would be pissed off like for example a chinese family doesn't want their their daughter marrying anybody of any other minority or any you know Right, like, Japanese. Or, I mean, well, they come have on some now. History. But I, I will say, being a person of color in this country, I think it's kind of what had been created since col- since the colonies, like with the, the indigenous people. I mean, I feel like it's kind of emboiled and created when you what is the racism that other minorities would have toward white people. I think it's because of the fact that we have been so disenfranchised. You know, the solution is not to work with each other anymore, but to create this other hate. And I think mm-hmm. it's because of the fact of their, you know, what happened with the American Indians. Yeah, I think what right. has something to do with the Latinos here, slavery. Right. I think that's what America kind of created. It's always, don't get me wrong, racism happens, of course, all over the world. Duh. I mean, we we won't talk about European I, politics. Well, I know against Syria and right. all that stuff. Right. right. Now, that's what's is, going on. Or there are certain what? places in Africa that are super, super racist against African Americans. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Go to Nigeria, and African Americans don't like. Nigerians. That's actually you know, I really. Mean, it's 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 like, it's. A, there's a lot of inner racism, but what Chinese I'm talking about. Chinese and Japanese don't get along, and Koreans. I, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and Vietnamese and Chinese I, don't get just, along because they're it, darker. But, but, and but I think honestly, and I and I I hate defending white people. I really do, <laughs> but. I think that white people have just been more prominently racist, and so we're, you know. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I like it, to focus is, on sexism as a, I yeah, like because I because I'm more of like a well, you know, women have been subjugated forever too. I mean, we were basically I, I have mean, to deal with both. Of, yeah, with both. I mean, I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine being so. literally enslaved and figuratively enslaved. Although, I think women have been uh, white women have had some rights. Uh, here's more. Here's more racism. Local racism from Trump <laughs> on Baltimore and Obama. Our great African American president hasn't exactly had a positive impact on the thugs who are so happily and openly destroying Baltimore. 
this is another well, reason why a lot of black people don't like white people when they have that hate because that is the kind of thing that has been instilled right. into us for so long right for they're so just long. more prominently racist is all you know Here's him being sexist and mean Ooh. on Rosie O'Donnell. If I were running The View, I'd fire Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, I'd look at her right in that fat, ugly face of hers, and I'd say, Rosie, you're fired. Just nasty. Because women are only their appearance and their sexuality and That's their attractiveness. That's really their only worth. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Donald Trump. Thanks, you and your 42-year-old ex-model wife. Foreign from another country. With, with the huge boobies and the... I mean, if he wants to play that game, two of your ex-wives are immigrants, which is so funny to me. Isn't it, that funny? It's just like, oh man, it's yeah. a little bit of hypocrisy. Right. A little. I mean, it's just, a lot. That's yeah. the point. And none of it. It's all hypocrisy. It's all just the means justify the ends, or the ends justify the means. Excuse me. I well, just feel sorry for her having sex with that. Ew. Ew. Oh God. Ew. I, well, I'm just. I don't care how much money you have. Ew. I will not. No. No. I just can't. I can't either. Some girls out there can't. I know. I've always wondered how do you do this is this is this is a good this is a good question. I don't either. Uh, So it's now I I I was with I was with my husband for a long time and I and I wasn't really I I didn't have like that butterfly like kind of feeling inside Mm -hmm. myself. I didn't like me either lust after him. I wasn't like uh, it was a mistake. Yeah. But I feel like it's almost the same thing. I feel like if you're sort of selling out in that way, like yeah. if you don't lust after your husband and you have sex with him anyway, then what's the purpose of doing well, it? Well, there's other like that's the thing, women. I, you can you can you can love appreci- them. Yeah, you can love them and appreciate them for um, you know their personality. Yeah, right. A, yeah, and or then you work, know get it from behind, well and so you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to look at their face. <laughs> Ew, I I'm just sorry. saw Donald Trump's face. I know Ew. Donald Trump's face is Ew. scary. But, I mean... Well, it doesn't matter. This, I mean, the sexuality of a of a, of a presidential candidate shouldn't, shouldn't really matter. I, I've been hoping deep down for a while that Hillary's going to come out of the closet and be like, <laughs> the reason nobody likes me is that I've been a closet lesbian for a long time. I want her to come out and say it and be like, this is what's been happening. Everyone's all freaked out about me, but... Check it's out really, my pantsuits. Check out my pantsuits. But it shouldn't. It shouldn't really matter. The, the yeah, but then that, that means that she was selling herself out for for power, and that's absolutely. Just, I think she's been doing that anyway. Attractive. I think. Oh, yeah. I think that in the seventies she met philandering uh, Bill uh, at right. law school or whatever, and she was like, "This is the guy. He's very charismatic. He's going to be president, and he's going to fuck everybody. So <laughs> I am going to latch onto him because I don't care because I'm a lesbian." <laughs> Maybe not. This is a new this is, this is a Pam. It doesn't matter conspiracy. how it started. At some point, she sold herself out for the job, for power. Sure. Doesn't. Wh- however, it started. But so doesn't every first lady. I mean, do we think that Nancy Reagan was like, <sighs> oh, I was she after him because he was a movie star, or because he was a powerful politician, or because Come because he now. liked jelly Come beans? On now. I know he, he, well, he well, had well, Alzheimer's. Oh, she sold herself out to this hot movie star. I don't think so. Come That's on true. now. He was already. They're both the, in the same industry. 
you Michelle, know. I think Michelle's probably in love with Barack. I, that seems that actually yeah, looks like love, believe it or not. And I think Jackie really loved JFK Jr. And JFK liked senior, 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 yeah. yeah. JFK like And I else. think that Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> and she was a wreck when she found out he was cheating. Yeah, that was that was really real. And maybe Jim, Hillary went through the same thing. She just didn't do it as a first lady. Jimmy Carter know. and his wife. Yeah. Were, they were. They, right. I mean, well, because he's. Laura and George Bush. I mean. Because right. they were both drunk and high right. <laughs> at the same I mean, time. <laughs> the line, please. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's no, I mean, I, I, I don't think it, Donald Trump's, he's special. Like he, we know his history with women before he even got into that this hasn't role. Even been it hasn't been, it's he's had been three nasty. Wives. If he has, if he can't commit to a relationship for that amount of time, how can he commit I don't to the think country? That, I, to me, him right. being divorced yeah. three times, yeah. honestly, it doesn't bother me that much. It's the fact of the things that he did during the relationship and the things he said and the, he's an adulterer and he, he's a whore in many other ways. It's just like, it, it, I love free speech. <laughs> it's, yeah. The fact of the matter of like he is he's not been nice to women. No. I mean Bill no. he liked the ladies, okay? And his cigars. Yeah. I I but wasn't I like Bill, like Trump is just so blatantly it's, sexist. It, yeah. Right. It's grotesque. Yeah. It's not fun like Bill Clinton. It's, it's like yeah, actually it's really fun. a fucking offensive. Yeah. You know, and the fact that he's using these women, all his wives have been trophies. That's the thing. You right. see it. Oh, that, that's true. Objects. All Just of them pure have been trophies. Of women. Yeah. I can't find one one of his wives that I can actually say they actually were really in love. Ivanka said after the divorce, after when you get get your divorce, take him for everything. Yeah, but, 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 <laughs> but, you know, Trump and Clinton are in the same I mean, Hillary are in the same category on that respect. In that respect, so there's no really point criticizing one or the other because they're the same. Oh no, they are. It's just the fact that Donald Trump has said so much more negative, nasty, sexist things. Ugh, I know, and it always every oh, like time she, he mentions she the can't way. Can't get away with that. Yeah. Every time he mentions the way someone looks, it just bothers me because it doesn't seem to matter. And we read we read some articles um, not too long ago on the show where we realize that the media is sexist in their portrayal of all women in government. So instead of saying like right. when Nancy Pelosi's right. involved or something, that'll say Nancy right. com- Pelosi complained. Right. Or it'll be like right. Senator man, Senator, right. blah, blah, blah. Uh, purp- like they'll, they, they use the, the verbs that they use describing argued. women are right. Argued but as right. a use argue a lot. Right. right. And they, so they change the way that right. people not debate right yeah it's it's pejorative it's negative there we go pejorative we're nagging to a woman right yeah women are nagging problematic double standard in so many different respects that language but Uh, honestly in a weird kind of way i don't know why maybe you guys can help me understand this in the lena dunham interview with hillary clinton when Lena asks Hillary if now and again, see, is it sexist that I'm using the, both of their first names, right? Nope. If they were men, <laughs> I would be using their last names potentially. But anyway, I feel you know, kindred spirits or whatever. So Lena asks Hillary, "Are you feminist?" And it was like that's the stupidest question. I mean, right. you can't uh, what? 
Like that that it's, to yeah. me very is about that is like as sexist as anything I've ever heard. Yeah, exactly. Even just posing the question to I her. I think that question is also lightweight too. Lightweight? It's very, like what the fuck? It's just I'm like really There's no more softball. That's not a softball. Ex- that's that's my point. <laughs> it's almost sexist. It's so insulting that they would even ask, ask that. That, that, that question, that's the yeah. level of the conversation is are you feminist? No, that's that's insulting and sexist to me in a weird kind of way. And the thing is it's just like it, the reason why I say it's a very lightweight question, I'm like, of course she's pandering. So what do you think? What do you think she's going right. to say? Stupid. It, it's just like you're not. Right. And then they're all. <laughs> it's like what? I think that question. I think yeah. that Let's question. Have a real can, conversation about feminism. Right. Yeah. I hate the fact that that question keeps getting floated around, tossed around, like you know, like a soccer ball or something. Right. It's just like, what do you? Uh, I'm a woman. Yeah, ask me what the definition of right. feminism and is. And why feminism has such a bad name. Right. And something more your... meaningful from someone who's been the first lady for eight years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lawyer. Sorry. Yeah, she's a lawyer. Yes, exactly. So, uh, and all you can say is, yes, I'm a feminist? Yeah. That's sorry. like that's like asking me, do I I'm eat sorry. nachos? I get so, oh, no, I'm so fun. sorry. <laughs> Don't you apologize? I just it pisses me off so bad, and I keep try to keep a lid on. Journalism. It. I'm not gonna I go think, crazy. Don't. I do not like that. I do think I'm journalism just, has a big, big problem with what's going on with, you know, not even just with this whole campaign, but even campaigns in the past. Journalism has gotten so weak. Like you right. don't want to ask oh, uh, questions. Yeah. Like the question right. that she just asked, I'm right. like, really? I mean, it's like it's the questions that got so dumb. Are you a feminist? No. Do no. you use the bathroom? <laughs> right. right. Which ba- Well, that the, the whole bathroom thing is for me. I think that's just a red <laughs> the shit herring. Come out of your pooper. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where where? What are your favorite books? Or when they asked when Katie Couric asked uh, Sarah Palin what are her uh, magazines that she read? I thought that was a stupid question, but America was shocked that oh, Sarah Palin doesn't know what kind of magazine she reads. Right. What? She right. reads let's, highlights. Let's, all of let's ask. Let's ask <laughs> a real question. Let's ask a real question. Like, for example, Hillary, back when your husband was running for uh, office the first time and you said, I ain't no Tammy Wynette standing behind my man, uh, when in fact you were actually a Tammy Wynette standing behind your man. uh, Eight years later. Why is it that you bullshitted us like that? And and not only were insulting to Tammy Wynette, but then also <laughs> were full of shit. Nice, because that's exactly what you are and, now. And how would and you were? Well, absolutely. she's absolutely. hiding behind corporations and corporations. That's actually Sorry. a good I'm question. Sorry, I get pissed off because well, that ties into feminism. It's it, we're just not using the word. We're just tying into the fact of like you know you sp- stand by your man, so you're supposed to be stand by you, and especially since it's exactly what she was doing. Right. Like, what do you mean? That's not what you're doing. You can't just say it. That it that whole generation, they it just because you say it doesn't make it true. That whole generation thinks that they think they invented lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to lying. This is why people. These are the arguments of why people keep saying. Uh, that they're supporting Trump. So one of them is the story of a liberal who wants America to win. I feel that Trump is our only hope in this next election, this coming from someone who voted for Obama in the last election. So there's all these, they have like little blurbs written by all of these people. Here's another one. An anarchist who revels in destruction, like the Joker from the Dark Knight. I just want to see the world burn. 
That's why he's supporting Trump. Ooh, God. Trump is low risk, high reward. I will vote for Donald Trump and to a lesser extent Bernie Sanders because he represents hope. No lesser. And and how much damage can he really do? That's not how they do the ballots anymore. They don't put, you know, who do you want to vote for a lot and who do you want to vote for lesser? lesser Like that's not the lesser and the the greater voting. Trump how it works. Trump has a drive for perfection. He will expect greatness from us. He will tell us how to get great. He will inspire people to be better than they are. And I have a hope for that their efforts will not be thwarted by bigger government. Yeah, See, I he mean, would, it's he, all about strength. Yeah, I mean, he would be the one to uh, enroll into Trump University. Yeah, and I, I, too, am frustrated with the pussies that we have had running for office for the last however many fucking years. I, I get that. I'm I'm scared and frustrated, too. I but just, I'm not going to go come vote back. for Trump. Come back, Al Gore. I just want to watch the chaos. I'm a young guy who's immature, a bit antisocial, with no plans for kids or right. a wife ever. Right. At some level, I don't really care how right. things go with America as long feel. as it's fun to watch. These are real people yeah. saying why they're supporting yeah. Trump. Mental and issues. this is scary to me. Because people feel like they have no power. There's oh. no... Then that's. They think that's, this, is all, this is like one big reality show. That's the thing. That's what this person is saying. I don't because really care. They how things go with America right, as long as it's fun to watch. This is entertainment. So I get, in their mind, they're like, I'm just going to watch this show while it affects me. This is real life. See, this is when people can't turn but off. But see, I don't think they do feel like it affects them. I don't no, think I, I don't do think, think this person, that. I'm a young guy who's immature, a I bit like antisocial with no plans for right. kids or wife ever. At some level, I don't really care yeah. how things go with America as long as it's fun to watch. Right. That is such an entitled, horrific thing to say. I don't I don't think that's where he's coming from. I, don't, <sighs> I think he, I mean, he doesn't have any plans for any relationships that means he let it doesn't burn. huh let it burn well th- i mean that's he's giving what he feels like he's getting i'm 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 guessing I think he got mental issues Trump well is, that's but yeah. that's the society we're bringing up is a is a huge number of very disaffected stressed out um zombies yeah <laughs> and and i can't blame them i mean i don't know i just you know, I have over a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. Oh, yeah. I do not want to work in my chosen profession because what I was promised is a load of bullshit. And yeah. so I'm not gonna work that hard and for nothing, for like the worst job I've ever yeah. had. Like I was talking to my mom the other day. I was like, imagine mom, because she hated working, um, like most of us do. And <laughs> and I was like, well, imagine you had that really shitty job, but you had to work it six days a week, ten hours a day, Gross. and you were a hundred thousand dollars in debt. So no. just so that you have the privilege of having that job, no life, right? And no life, the privilege, it's yeah. misery. I would literally rather live in my car and what scares me right now is that i feel like that decision scares people i feel like people look at me and they're like well you must be losing your shit well no i'm not losing my shit i would just rather live in my car and go to the library every day and do whatever i want to do than go be chained to a desk and be yelled at and criticized and harassed all different kind of ways I'd rather live in my fucking car. It I'm sorry. That's you. a choice that I would. Th- I think I am very sanely making. It it's, seems crazy to me. To it does. To- being frustrated at a job, and I think that's what the whole like a lot of this goes down to is like 
people in the workplace. Plus here in the United States, we don't get enough time off. Right. We don't get time to recharge our battery or we're no. working two or three jobs because yeah. we can't make, we can't get ahead. You right. know, Yeah. the it's- average of what, you know, we should be making hourly the hourly minimum wage honestly should be $22 an hour. No, 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 the, no, it, it should be way, 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 way more than that. Minimum wage. If you work a full-time job, you should make enough to own your own home and send your kids to college period, which wow. is roughly $250,000 a year right now. All things being equal, that's full-time job. And right. that's what we could have. We have that. It's just that we're giving all of that to the 1%. We are giving it to them. All right. I mean, I was just reading a statistic that that's how much, honestly, where we should be at right now right. today. If uh, we weren't giving all of that to the we, 1%. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it was, it's really sad because this does something to our mental state. This is why we go postal. This is the, our right. work load affects us and people do what they're supposed to do because they're afraid of losing their home. They're afraid of not, you know, being able to send their kids to college by a car to live, to survive for some stuff. Right. And barely, barely scrape by. So for example, what I don't think like the people are voting for Trump realizes that, you know, as an attorney, when I would, you know, deal with, with clients that had gone on workers comp, for example, like the difference between minimum wage and what you get from workers comp or some other sort of benefit like that is so similar. What's the incentive for people to go to work every day when they could just make a little bit less money and stay home and not have to deal with that oppression? Essentially, you are we are oppressed in the workplace for a lot of different reasons. Help, help, I'm being oppressed. (laughs) Look at the violence inherent in the system. The violence, the (laughs) the, the lack of money. I mean, and so what in like I feel like that's what rich people that are voting for Trump need to understand about the people that they just can think of as sucking money out of the system that's not what's happening that's what's happening is the one percent are sucking money out of the system and Mm -hmm. making it so that there's no incentive for people they just lowered my food stamps again which sucks are you kidding me from 140 to 126 but there was no change in my income actually my income went down because my rent went up and I told them all this and I went and they're like if you think this is an error you should contact us and I'm like Ugh, I'm not. I mean, I used to get 196, then I got 140. Now I'm getting 126. I'm like, a month, you guys. Yeah, why are you a cutting one, wait, my stop. money? 120 a month. 126. Yeah. 126. Do food costs have went up? I know. Seriously, like I, I, I guess there are just cuts all over the place. I don't want to complain because it's still free money, mm-hmm. but like it surprises me that I'm. But know, it's that free money with. now where it's becoming insulting. Like, seriously, who can honestly live off $120 healthy? Oh, it's, it's a lot of vegetables. Absolutely. It's a lot of vegetables. The vegetables are cheap. Right. But my thing is, like, I say, like, for a single woman, 140 where you were before, 146, yeah. you said. That suffice. I was, it was good. I'm, I'm bummed about the loss of that 14 bucks. That $14 adds, I mean, that it's $14 like two, It's two sandwiches. It. It's two, two sandwiches at, uh, at Safeway. <laughs> Stamp- I call them sandwiches. Sandwiches, yeah. and that's that's still fourteen dollars worth of vegetables. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. that's fourteen dollars after you know you don't have anything left. That it's fourteen dollars ch- you can hold on. It's to. a meal. It's a it's a it's a whole chicken and a bunch of potatoes. Yeah, some but butter. This is, but this does butter. tie down to what you were saying about like we are not we're not sucking on you know the teat of the government. It's a fact of the matter. A lot of these companies are sucking on the teat of us and we don't 
we don't understand we don't right. tie that together well i just right. i i don't get paid for i mean it's the i went on a little rant on on monday at the end of joke workshop and Ooh. i said because i had a i had a show uh spice monkey on saturday where uh, i spent ten dollars going back and forth on bart I was not paid any money, although it was a sold-out show, and I saw that people were paying between ten and fifteen dollars ticket, and I didn't make a penny. And they tried to they tried to uh, make me buy, um, they tried to make me pay half price for a drink. I went downstairs and I was like, I'm a comedian, I'd like a glass of Pinot Noir, and they're like, it's four dollars. I said, I'm performing upstairs. I, I'm sorry, I can't afford this because I need the money to pay for my Bart train on the way back. And so they ended up bringing me up. To, bringing it up to me later and I was like you know like yeah at least that's the least that I get when I'm performing and not getting paid and so my little rant on Monday was why do we get booked for shows spend our time and money to get there and then not expect to be paid and when all the comedians do that and we say oh the stage time is so important I don't want to be paid paid every Sunday the people at the punchline none of them get paid and there's 120 people in there on a Sunday and none of those comedians are getting paid but they all they all waste their own time every Sunday for the Mm -hmm. privilege to sit there to maybe at some point get up in front of those 120 people that all paid 20 bucks to get in they're all buying two menu items and comedians see none of it and until we start demanding that our worth our our art our art has value and we say oh but it's stage time it's our labor. It's labor. It's our labor. labor. It's our, and when yeah. and when Danny Deshi, that little punk, makes people pay ten fucking dollars to be part of the the Road to Comedy Fest on a Monday, you're right. paying ten dollars for stage time at the Brainwash right. so that you can be in front of two judges that are like from Comedy Day or whatever. That doesn't matter. It's not right. real. And you're paying for the privilege right. to do it, and you're letting somebody do that. You're right. giving that money to Danny Deshi, who's not even that fucking funny, so that you can have the opportunity to maybe be on stage. Stop ruining it for the rest of us, fucking comedians. If it's real, let it be real and demand payment for it. Value. That's I want right. to value my art, Absolutely. man. And that's exactly why socialism doesn't work. It's because it takes power out of the individual. And you have to, we, we all as individuals have to be empowered as much as possible, primarily with money, right? Primarily with money, but then also with voice and with everything else. And so we need a, a system that empowers each individual. Yeah. So uh, again, I don't mean to be so anti-socialist, but that is exactly why, I'm, because it takes, it, it. that is the worst, that, that socialism gives no power to the people and puts all of it in the hands of the government. And that's all just as bad as the 1%. See, I, the thing is, I feel that, if we valued people's work more or more equally, that's the part of socialism but that I'm down But the only way with. to force people to value your work is to have the power to force them to do that because they're right. not going to do it on their own. That's the that's an illusion. Well, the problem is that we from the inside are letting it happen. Exactly. That comedians yes. aren't saying, exactly. where's my $10? Exactly. But see, that's just, I ghosted a job this week, right? Because I didn't need it, right? So I get there and it's a total pain in the ass. The guys that, He's a, just. What do you mean you ghost a job? You checked it out without them knowing it? No, no, no. I was hired as a, for a temp job. Oh. And I didn't go back, go back. yesterday. She ghost. oh, I you ghosted. I ghosted the it job. out. Yeah, disappeared. I she disappeared. Did, I didn't yeah. show up. I didn't call. Nothing. It was a temp job. I was only supposed to be there for two weeks. Oh, and, and like, it just it was this. such a pain. You were just like, fuck it. I was yeah. like, fuck it. Like, gotcha. if I'm going to get paid for this I and don't, this abuse right, and all this, this is not like, worth it to I already me. know what this I, is. I have other things to do. Yeah. And, and part of the problem is I told him that. <laughs> I 
<laughs> it's uh, awesome. He was giving me shit, and I was like, dude, if, if you don't need me here, I've got other things to do. Wait, I don't need to be one? here. Yeah, that's day one. And so <sighs> it, it just went downhill from there. Right. And and but that's the point is that I the, all of the other employees there are just <gasps> no right. They they need that job. I huh. didn't need that job, and so I'm not putting up with this. And so that's the only way to curb Uh-oh, behavior. But Ed Ant needed that job. Oh, well, I, I sent Ed a text this morning. I was like, just, dude, just so we're clear, I don't have a job right now. And the only way I can support your podcast is if I get a job, which hopefully I will get a job. The right. job I really, he, really want. He announced want. it on Facebook, though. That I know. That's why yeah. I sent him exactly. the, the text. I, know, I, was, I was like, wait, hold on. Uh, just so we know, your income at this point is more than mine. Just so <laughs> right. we're clear. Yeah. You are living larger financially than I am. And right. by the way, just because I'm white and have rich parents, don't make the assumption that they support me financially. Absolutely. I have over a yeah. hundred thousand dollars in student loans. My parents do not pay for me for shit. Absolutely, right? right. right? Don't yeah. just assume that about me. That's your parents' money. That's that, not your money. Well, no, no, no. And it's the bane of my existence. So insult to injury. So, like for example, this is my own personal shit. <laughs> My stepdad has six kids. He was, he's a surgeon, blah, 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 blah. He was very, like, he totally enabled them when they were kids, paid for all this shit. So now, then as adults, when they became adults, they're, like, asking him for money, constantly needing him for everything. And he got, like, over that real fast. So then when he married my mom, he's, he has been years into the mode of, we're not giving the kids any money. They're not staying with us. So we can't, I, it's very clear that my mom and stepdad are not giving me any money and we're not, and I can't live there. Like if I, I'm living on the streets, but I'm not living there. Wow. Right. So I hate that people like, what am I supposed to just remind people of that? But it's sort of frustrating that people potentially assume that 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 you are going to just because your parents what they have right. is going to affect them affect you to give on right. to when you don't right. have that's why I said it's just like that's your parents money that's right. not yours oh. that has those are my that's my family but their right. financial stuff has nothing to do oh, with no. me oh no and they throw it in my face so like my stepdad to me was like <laughs> well if we, if your mom and I had been married when you were in college I would have paid oh. it's like well oh, you can still Ouch. wait no, no 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 you can you still can those yeah. people still want to be paid I have over $100,000 in student loans it's not too late yeah. <laughs> are you just going to default on your student loans or are you going to pay them back eventually well if I get a job hopefully gotcha. I'll be able to pay them I have to get a job first and I am there is only one job that I really want to do and hopefully I'll get that I'll find out soon sweet Sorry, uh, no, no, that was great. That was good. We, we got deep into Trina. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm every Wednesday from noon to 2. We're joined by Trina Roderick and LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth Wind. I am your host, Pam Benjamin. We'd like to see if do you want to come in and, and guest in. Come on in. All right. We have from Noise Pop with us uh, Kelly Ann Shilk or Shilka. Shilky. All right. Uh, Noise Pop is our neighbor right up up the street on 20th Street, and every year they put on the Noise Pop block party in August. And this year it's going to be August 20th? Correct. Yeah, awesome. August 20th. We announce on Tuesday. And announcing on Tuesday, announcing the bands. All the bands in the lineup, yep. Oh, awesome. Do we get, can we, it's too It's too early because it's not, it's the 23rd it's being announced. You can't give yeah. us a little sneak peek. Um, it's actually the 26th. 
28th. 28th. Okay, so we have a, we're a week away. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> well, uh, we were thinking about doing uh, programming here all day from 10 to 10, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. with live events and stuff during the block party. The block party's from noon to 6. As you have for the last three years. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this year. We're organized, though. We're going to do... Um, we're going to have from... Uh, to, from starting at 10 a.m. until 2 p.m., we're going to have a community helping community swap. So we're going to invite people to bring any clothing that they have, awesome. any records, any anything, jackets, cool. whatever. And then at 2 o'clock, we're going to have the community thrift uh, van or truck come come up and we're just going to take everything that doesn't get taken and we're going to donate it. Awesome. So it's yeah. like community helping community. People can bring their stuff by. How do we help? Take what they you want. Need more help? We just we're gonna need people to bring stuff and hang okay. out all day, really. but that's gonna cool. be the. I have a lot of stuff. We're I gonna got a lot yeah, of stuff. That's the thing is I I have like a ton of stuff that's nice, but I never wear it because I don't have right. a corporate job anymore. Exactly. So I have like these weird Ann Taylor silk suits that I just. Oh my god. I don't need you them. Those over to my house. Right. And I'll bring them <laughs> we'll, we'll, here. we'll 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 swap them during the swap. You're you're probably tinier than I am though. I, don't I know. doubt it. I, I would like see. to see you in a nice Ann Taylor pantsuit from I your know. past. I want a silky silk pantsuit. I, I try oh. to get that visual. Yo. Oh, and she looks completely different with makeup on. It's crazy. It's, I felt so it's, bad. It's weird. I was I, like, wow, Pam, you look great. And she's like, yeah, I have makeup on. Well, my mom told me a long time ago she uh when I moved to San Francisco, she was like, cover up those disgusting tattoos with a nice lavender silk suit and go down into the Thanks, financial Mom. district. Yeah. Find yourself a nice man to take care of you. I'm like, and put feminism back 20 years? Come on. I can do this by myself. Exactly. Uh, right on. Thank you. So uh, tell us, a lot of people, I mean, everybody knows what noise pop is, but uh, you guys are primarily a, a music uh, band. You guys do the the Treasure Island Music Festival every year. You do the the noise pop, the band thing every February and March. Um, tons and tons of bars and venues around the city. There's noise pop. Give people a little background if they... Um, this is our 25th year, so we're very excited about our Noise Pop Namesake Festival in the last week of February. Um, it's film, art, and, and music mainly. Um, all kinds of cultural programming, uh, but 25 years is a great kind of way to start. Um, and we have a lot of exciting things leading up to the 25th, including our announce party, which is going to be announced soon. Um, so Noise Pop has been around for a long time. We, have, we run the Swedish American Hall. We do the 20th Street Block Party, Treasure Island. Um, we have a number of other properties that we've done or continue to do. Um, we're announcing a lot this month, which is really exciting. But I think our favorite celebration is our big free 20th Street Block Party, which really celebrates the neighborhood that we live in and all of the businesses and entities and people that contribute to making us the coolest thing around. Yeah. yeah. And this is the fourth year. This is the fourth year. That it's been going on. And there's two stages, three stages. There's two stages generally. We have a local stage, which is at the end of 20th, and then the Florida Street stage, which is our big main stage. Um, and we'll be announcing, as I said, next Tuesday. So you'll, let, you'll be able to find out everyone that's on that stage. And then this year we're also partnering with MLVS, the Mission Language and Vocational School, cool. um, to benefit them. So all of the donations and anything at, as you walk in the festival um, that you donate will go towards them and um that property is on 19th in florida oh wow and they do all kinds of great things for latin speakers 
to get them into the workforce in culinary arts, in medical field, all kinds of things like that. So it's really great to have a grassroots foundation that we can benefit this year. Right. They've been in the neighborhood for a long time. They now 24 the, years. Oh, 48 years. Sorry. 48 years. They used to have a restaurant downstairs, and now it's the farmhouse, the Thai thing. Yeah. But they used to have, like, part of their school that um, people would learn the culinary school's uh, techniques, and then they had their little restaurant, and it was... Oh, cool. uh, really neat. I don't I don't know if they still work with Farmhouse or if they just rented out their space, but it's a cool program. It is a cool program, and we're expanding to 19th, which is really exciting, too. Oh. So we're adding a whole nother uh, level of programming to the whole festival. So are you going to be doing, you're going to be taking that Florida Street over to 19th? Or? Correct, yeah. Wow. All the way through. Wow. So it's going to be way bigger this year. And there were so many cool things last year. Like one of the things was how to butcher a pig. Uh, a lot of really great culinary like um, demonstrations. Um, I know you guys are involved with like flower water on the corner and salumeria. And uh, well, there's so many amazing restaurants in this neighborhood. It's a really absolutely. fun neighborhood to celebrate, and it's so new. And there's always a lineup out flower and water. Yeah, there is crazy. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, this is this is this is great stuff. What else? Um, how else can people be involved in the 20th Street Block Party? They just come. Yeah, I mean, coming is the event. biggest thing, as as most people. Um, there's also a million ways to get involved, whether you're volunteering or running a booth or whatever it is. But um, attendance is, like, the best part about about the block party. We usually have great headliners um, and a really great local stage and just celebrating the neighborhood. Um, because it's free, it really extends a hand to everyone that can come. So uh, it's very family-friendly, friendly, very dog-friendly. Um, it's a great celebration. Yeah, so... Uh, this year, we're going to try to put stuff together for the whole day. On this side, we're going to actually make little flyers of our own, too, and try to get people to go out and be like, come over here and check out the weird stuff we have. Um, we're going to do a, we're going to have a, a live DJ and a band from four to six. And then from six to eight, we're going to do a, um, a pre-booked open mic that won't be just comedy. It'll be like singer-songwriters and um, like variety, variety um, from six to eight. And then from eight to 10, we're going to do a comedy show. So awesome. then it's it's later because last year we did a comedy show during the event and um, you know it wasn't as family friendly as I was hoping for <laughs> so that was a little more difficult with uh, we were we were blasting out to the street and I was like you know I'm gonna turn off the outdoor PA at this point because uh, I don't know. Because you try to you try to tell comedians to keep yeah. it clean, and they're like, the sun is out. <laughs> come yeah. on, how am I supposed to? So uh, this year we're gonna do. And Radio Silence would love to come back and do another interview, awesome. which I thought was really great last year with Tao. Yeah, and uh, Dan Stone has been doing it every year. Uh, he runs a magazine called Maintain Radio Silence, and he's a great interviewer and a wonderful writer. And having him do the do the interviews is amazing because he knows all the history and really prepares. Yeah. And he's cool. he's like a legitimate journalist, which is cool to have. Um, on our stage here and then podcast so yeah now we've got we're actually looking a little bit more legitimate out there you can see we have chairs with with um it looks great beautiful and thanks yeah. and uh, arms now mm -hmm. don't I got get those too donated. fancy though pam Come oh on now. Don't please <laughs> right we'll try to we'll try to repaint and take all no, the no, no. things out of the out this of looks the, uh, great it does okay. it's, it's awesome. perfect okay we're we're underground and we're dirty <laughs> but I'm afraid you're gonna lose that. No, that won't ever happen. I, I can't imagine. I, I unless unless someone unless the fairy agent swooped down and was like, let's have a reality TV show here or something. And then they were like, we got all this money. But I just 
I don't know. I don't. I don't understand how people find find the money or how you get like sort of well, because we philanthropic all have organizations. Like money blocking chakras is what's right. Yeah. That's gotta like be. That. Well, and Kellyanne, you just you're you're into uh, personal philanthropy. You just came back from the AIDS life cycle. Yep. Just on your own person. How did you come up with the idea to to do? I know it's seven day trip. It's like 525 miles from San Francisco to LA. It was 562. Not that anyone's counting. Oh wow, <laughs> that is a, that's a long. I mean, how long did you train for that just to be able to do the bike ride? Or are you a big biker? I'm a big biker, um, huge bike advocate in the city and in general. Um, but I hardcore trained for probably three months. Wow. Um, with a great team, Team Unpopular. This is our last year, so it was really fun to be part of that whole program. Um, and every Sunday we went out for 80 to 100 miles. Wow. Um, in addition to just trying to maintain that level of fitness through the week. So it was great to be supported by such a good team. Uh, we have a lot of positive riders on our team, so it was, it was awesome to kind of contribute to their efforts as well. Um, but I think it's really important to balance your career uh, with any kind of philanthropy and giving back as much as you can. Yeah. So doing something at the AIDS ride, which is also the, the most fun, um, is a great way for me to maintain that. So that's where my motivation came from. So, I mean, I heard that it costs like $3,000 just to have a rider. How did you do your fundraising? You just went to all your friends, made a, like, did you do a um, Kickstarter? I mean, how, how was the funding effort on that? It's just really tough. Uh, it is tough. Luckily, being in the music industry for eight years, uh, I have a pretty good Rolodex, and oh. <laughs> I really called on those people to, uh, maybe with a little guilt, uh, support the fact that this is a really important part of specifically California, but the world in general. So mm-hmm. it was it was a good thing for us all to come together and do, and I think everyone felt really good about supporting something like this. So. Yeah. It was, it was a good move. It was fun. Why is this the last year? Just last year for Team Unpopular. Oh, okay. So is this something you, is this, do you feel like this is something you want to do every year? Is this, or is it, I mean, it's a big undertaking. I mean, it's not just a full week off, but it's all the training and, and the fundraising. Is it something that you're like, oh, I'm going to do this again next year? Or is it maybe every five years? This, this is my second time doing it. It is a huge commitment and, and a big time commitment. Um, I would love to continue to do it every year, but realistically, uh, I feel like I really need to kind of plan on it um, and maybe tie in some other aspects of my goals to contribute to that as well. So uh, before my 40th birthday, I'd love to do an Ironman. So I feel like next time I I do it, um, I'll want to train for an Ironman, maybe tie in some of that. But Wow. I definitely plan on doing it again. Um, I just don't know what that looks like yet. Right. An Ironman. That is a, that's a crazy accomplishment with like a full marathon. Yeah. It's a a two and a half mile swim, 101 mile bike, and then a full marathon. Wow. That's cool. I just can't. In Hawaii. It's cool. Oh, and I've, I've, I've watched, you know, on the thing and the sports when I was little and then running and, but I mean, that's. Yeah. It's easier for me to understand voting for Trump than doing something. <laughs> that's shocking. <laughs> I know, but that's shocking that you would My brother did um, an Ironman, and uh, I mean, it's an impressive undertaking. Yeah, I, very. Especially any like as I kids. Say. I'm like, how did you have that much time just to train? You have a ton train. of time. ton of time. The training is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've done a lot of short triathlons. I've done about 10 marathons. Um, and Whoa. the year for my 25th birthday, I did um, the original marathon from Marathon to Athens, Greece. Cool. And that's wow. when I made the commitment to do the Ironman for, before my 40th. So. Wow. Have you, were you always, were you like a runner in high school? Were you always like super fit and super in shape or was that something you picked up? 
after college or what how did I feel like being fit and in shape is uh, is a lifestyle choice yeah. so it wasn't really something I ever broke away from from a very early age um, and I was lucky enough to run through college oh okay Were your parents athletic when you were my, my parents are sailors Whoa. I think that makes so it athletic in a different that. way. Yeah, right. but if you see the sort of the lifestyle choice, you get, I think. They definitely were my biggest and still are uh, biggest support. Um, so they are not shocked by the fact that I'm like, I think I'll just go and do this thing. Um, but th- without that support, it would be a, a different scenario. I need people like that who know me from very early time to believe in me in that way. Uh, how long have you lived in San Francisco? This is my eighth year. Eighth year? Me too. Is this So you were 2000, 2008 was the first year you were here. No, 2007. 2000, 2009. Was oh, okay. Wait, that I, was I came in 2007. 2008. 2008, 2008 yeah. 2008. And, and where'd then you, I where, moved to, to, yeah. Where'd you come from? Uh, I had been traveling before then. I used to work for the American Applied Journal of Anthropology. Oh. And I studied language migration theory. Um, so I was abroad for about five years before I moved here. Um, my sister had a baby and my best friend was getting married. So it was a good time to come back to the States. And um, I found a really supportive home here in San Francisco. Um, and I'm very happy. And From language migration theory to music, <laughs> that is a bizarre be leap. Awesome. You'd be surprised how much they're tied. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Anthropology um, and music. I anthropology guess, well, of music. Uh, oh, okay. For sure. Uh, it's been beautiful to see the different movements, and I'm excited for kind of the big changes that are coming. I feel like people are really reaching out for experience rather than uh, performance. Huh. Um, so that is a really exciting move that I'm I'm really motivated to be part of. Ex- explain the difference between see, uh, experience and performance, because I have a th- thought of what it might like as a stand-up comedian. It's like engage, don't perform. You want to engage your audience because if you're performing, it's like tap dancing or doing sort of a routine rather than. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean by experience? Is like having the audience be engaged more with the performance, or absolutely that it's, okay, um, and the performance itself being more of an experience. So there are some exciting artists that are doing things like Beach House just did a performance at Gray Space or Gray Area oh, rather, okay. um, where they had like a full immersive light. Uh, show in addition to their performance and they actually performed behind a screen so huh. they were not the central focus mm-hmm. of the experience so people were surrounded by this multimedia kind of uh, experience I hate to use the word again yeah, but rather than focusing on the music so Purity Rings doing a lot of that kind of stuff um, different festivals are moving in that direction but just showing up to a venue to see a band that's playing an album that you love is we're moving away from that and moving into showing up to a venue to be part of something that has never existed before or will again. Huh. You know, I've honestly been, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I've no, trying to do that with my comedy is create, like I don't do the same set twice. I want to create this Zen sort of, I'm going to create it. We're going to have this shared experience and then it's going to be gone and no one's ever going to, it's, it's like the theatrical fans. ephemery. It's, yeah. it's that if it's live theater, you create it, you consume it, it's gone well, and it's no longer it together. exists. Like I want to, try to put the by crowd work I want the focus to be on the crowd as much as possible and like just it's never going to happen again we're going to have a shared experience and that's really technically what engaging the audience can become absolutely it's an exciting movement I'm really Mm -hmm. motivated to be part of it like I, I love that we're no longer just fans we are 
part of the performance itself. Huh. Also, it's a good way to bring people out because if you know that you can't, it's never going to be replicated and you're either there and you experience it and it's never going to happen it's again, that's a, more of an incentive to actually get off your ass and show up. Right. right. It's a one-time thing. I think that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. fascinating yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that matters, especially where, you know, a lot of modern music is right now. You know, I like the fact of the matter that it's went back to being experimental in a way, different outlets where you don't have to just sit there and listen to any kind of cookie cutter stuff mm-hmm. that's forced down your throat. But the cookie cutters out there, t- tell us, Claire, what do you think is the worst pop band or the worst pop singer that exists now that's ruining music? Who is ruining music right now? There's a long right list. Now? There's a long is, list, isn't there? I'm, I'm like trying to weigh who's going to throw me under a bus right now. Uh, um, but it's balanced too. I mean, there's something to be said for cookie cut chocolate chip cookies. Like there's a classic i mean they are bringing people out and they are getting people excited about music so that's always going to be great yeah there's always going to be both right but you know the justin biebers of the world are always going to exist and i don't want to say that he is like the epitome of what's bad about music but it's a great example of where noise pop will never be right right right, (laughs) exactly well like and it's like when I want to see it, how you feel about the Katy Perry's, the Justin Bieber's, the there's a new one that the girl. I yeah. hang out with a lot of nine year olds, so they they have this music, mm-hmm. and I'm like, who is this person? Ariana Grande. No, the one with the song they keep putting in NFL, and it's like the fight song or something. Oh, that every chord resolves. This is my fight song. Right, 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 right. I don't yeah. know who that bitch is. She's, she's, she's not gonna. It's, she's not gonna exist. Well, after it's, that. it's the one hit wonder that they the pick thing. up, and that just becomes this. Every chord resolves, and it's just this happy. <laughs> slappy crappy like you know very it but you still feel like I, I feel bad about feeling good you know when it's like you're like well, oh I feel so inspired by this blah you know well, that's yeah, where they really win is they bring the production budget and value to their performance and so the experience is pretty unique and fun like arena shows that was one of the first shows I saw was Dixie Chicks and oh. I love the Dixie Chicks but it was an arena show yeah and as a 12 year old with four of my friends it was the best thing I have yeah. ever done yeah. come on I mean there's something so if so yeah. if that's the best thing you've ever done at 12 more power to you right yeah. right right and hopefully by the time you're 20 you're really excited about Kevin Barnes playing at Swedish American Hall last night you know it's right. like your palate has developed mm-hmm. and the there fact you that you seek those events is is the bigger point so uh follow-up question Uh uh, to the not you know who's the worst what do you think right now is the cutting edge in 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 music who would you say oh here's a hint listen to this hey secret secret hint everybody it's coming this is a this is a band to watch out for um i mean i I could say that story about literally every opening band at Swedish American Hall. Um, But the people who are really pushing this experiential part are the ones that are going to continue to succeed. So the Beach House, the Purity Ring, um, like Tycho's doing interesting things. There's a lot of people who are embracing this experience um, outside of the creation of the music. And I feel like those are the people who are going to really change what we all see. Cool. Yeah. So uh, everybody stay tuned uh, for Noise Pops. They're going to be letting you know who's at the 20th Street Block Party next Tuesday, the 26th. Announcing that, go to noisepop.com. You guys are also part of Do the Bay. 
Yep. That's your other, uh, the big old website. Check out news and events there. You guys can see a lot of cool, cool, awesome bands. And uh, find out what we'll be doing here uh, for the 20th Street Block Party. We're going to be doing stuff all day long from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. It'll be live. It'll be podcast. We're just a block away. So the, the actual block party is on 20th Street between Bryant and Harrison. And 19th. And now year. on 19th uh, and all the way to 19th and through the through the Florida corridor. So we're on the other side of that Florida corridor. So you guys should come and visit us. Well, thank you so much, Kellyanne, for being here. Yeah. Um, Noise Pop, 25 years, you guys. Uh, exciting stuff. Stuff. So this is going to have a lot of different, uh, check them out for more announcements of who they're going to be playing this year for their upcoming 25th year. This has been uh, the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, Trina likewise. Roderick, uh, comedian Trina Roderick hanging out, co-host comedian uh, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, win always in the house. What? I've been Pam Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> check out check out noisepop.com. Check out mutinyradio.fm. We will uh, see you guys next week here on the AltaCast. Peace. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutterpunk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey.
Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. an underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky, well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue. 
Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Down the office, son. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Welcome to this week's edition of Regarding Sex. I shouldn't say week because we come to you live on the first and third of the month. And we welcome you. Obviously, it's the first 
Wednesday of the month. You're live with uh, at Regarding Sex from MutinyRadio.fm. This is your host, Will to Fly. Uh, my co-host, Spicy Spice, is on the East Coast for the month. So you'll be hearing from me uh, solo.